got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jab here, and in today's video, we're a little bit late, but we are coming at you live with a ton of very compelling and interesting content, because as you have probably seen, over the last week, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and many of the other cryptocurrencies have started to correct. They've started to consolidate and trade sideways, which is what we've said needed to happen. We've talked about it multiple times here on this channel, how we want to see Bitcoin, Ethereum trade below major levels of resistance, for example, around forty-eight dollars to $50,000 on Bitcoin, and roughly $3,400 on Ethereum before they continue the rally. In today's video, we have two massive indicators, not only on Bitcoin and Ethereum's short-term, but also on Bitcoin and the rest of crypto's long-term. Short-term, we're looking bearish. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Long-term, though, we're looking more bullish than ever, and we have some on-chain reasons to believe. So we got a lot to cover in today's video. You're not going to want to miss it. Make sure to smash that like button. Let's see if we can't get to 300 likes before we even get started here. I've already got a 1,000 people watching. I know we can do it. I've already got some super chats. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Even before we get started, I just want to remind you the reason that we come to you every single morning and make nearly 30 pieces of content across all our social media platforms every week is because we want to bring you the most educational and entertaining content possible while also doing it with humility and integrity to help you take back control of your destiny from those that stole it from you. I am joined as always by my co-host and your president, Kind of Crypto Tim. How you doing, Tim? Doing good, guys. I am here. I, I, uh, I, I was only partially responsible for the late stream there, Joffrey Fritz. <laughs> kind of throw me under the bus. No, nah, it was morning. all Tim's fault. It was Tim's fault. It was mostly my fault. Yeah, probably. it was mostly your fault. Yeah. Probably. Well, we are also joined by Smay. How you doing, Smay? Good morning. Um, guys, I promise you this close <laughs> angle is not me being a silly goober, but it's actually because I broke I'm the actually, lens this oh, morning. <laughs> I was gonna see. I, I want to see if they, who they would vote. I probably would get thrown under the bus. That it was you if that we broke had told the you lens. The camera broke, and who was responsible? Okay, who people would. Vote it was for. entire. Well. Indirectly, it was kind of your fault because you had me. You got me all worked up. Okay, making a joke and making indirectly is not my yeah, fault. No, Tim made a joke and you started. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not showing that on camera, by the way. Good, please don't. But guys, um, I just want to say I'm sorry. I've failed you. I have now broke the lens. So now this is you get to be this close to me. Intimate, intimate. Actually, I'm gonna end up replacing the camera. Don't worry about it. But there's the broken lens, guys. There's the broken lids. <laughs> it's a little bit. It's a little bit wonky. It's just like you want to. You know what was funny? You want to like, shoot around a corner. It's perfect for that. You know what was funny though? It's kind of an aesthetic because when I looked at it, it was still working. It just like had this weird like. It just had a weird angle. Like I said, you can just look around a corner with it. It's like one of those. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, guys. Smay, the producer, who is constantly, constantly coming at us and saying, "Guys, don't break the cameras. Be careful. Don't trip over things." Was the first one to break camera gear. Luckily, it's a really cheap lens. It's actually probably the cheapest piece of camera equipment we have in the entire office. So <laughs> someone just said, "Smay can't have any nice things." First, the mic. Okay, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't break the. I did not. The mic wasn't his fault. We don't know what happened with the mic. That's yeah. just coincidental. That's just coincidental. But now you got a close up of Smay until we figure out how to back this lens up because it's a prime lens. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. you guys have probably gotten all you care about with that. But let's go ahead and jump onto the chart. We're going to talk into. Uh, we're going to talk about the correction that we're seeing happen on massive cryptocurrency markets today, and we're also going to move into some super chats a little bit later. But we will get to those. Where we are starting today is on Bitcoin, and I want to preface everything that we're going to say right now 
with the fact that Bitcoin and Ethereum look very similar right now. There are a few things that are different on them, but for the most part, what I'm going to talk about on Bitcoin is also applicable to Ethereum because these markets are following each other very closely. Let's get a little bit of perspective before we start. Bitcoin rallied to $65,000. It topped out on tax day back on April the 15th. And ever since then, it has been correcting. That was right around the time Coinbase IPO'd. And now it has gone into a major rally. In fact, over the span of just 24 days, we rallied 64%. But on Bitcoin, we are still 26% below all-time high. We broke above $46,700 for a time, which was a major level of support and resistance. But now we're right below it. One major level of support that we're sitting above on Bitcoin is the 20 exponential move average. You can see that we're above the 20 daily exponential moving average right now. In fact, our support is as low as $43,570, which means that on the short term, not even on the medium term, but on the short term, we could go as low as $44,000 and we would still have strong support beneath us. But we also have some more interesting support right below us, which is this moving average right here. Notice how the 20, excuse me, the 200 daily simple moving average, which is what this line is right here, is literally right below Bitcoin. In fact, we came down and tested it just last night, and we are now bouncing. Currently, there is a spinning top formation showing up on Bitcoin, which indicates indecision. But for the moment, we're still above the 200 daily SMA. Now, we need some perspective here because you might not realize just how important it is that we're sitting right above the 200 daily SMA. Notice right above it. But let's look briefly on the history of Bitcoin. Whenever you're in a bull market, Bitcoin very, very rarely goes below the 200 daily simple moving average. During all of 2016 and 17, we went below it for all of a day, and that was only on a candle wick back here on the 2nd of August 2016. But there have been times during bull markets, during major market movements to the upside, where Bitcoin has fallen below the 200 daily simple moving average for a little while. For example, back in 2011, Bitcoin was below the 200 daily simple moving average for 138 days. I wouldn't call this downtrend big enough to constitute a bear market, which has turned into a curse word in cryptocurrency, but I would say that it was a pause of the bull market that was already in effect from $0 all the way up to $1,300 between 2010 and 2014. In the case that we're in right now, we saw a brief correction below the 200 daily simple moving average, but now we're back up above it. The fact that we're testing into support is important, so pay close attention to $46,500 or $46,000 actually, which is right around where this level is. If we start to break below it, we're probably going to head farther to the downside. If we do, we're probably going to test the, tw the 20 daily exponential moving average. So all of what I just said in a nutshell, Bitcoin has rallied very far, very quickly. If it needs to correct, be watching 45.5 to 45.6. That's the 200 daily simple moving average. If we break below that, be looking for the tw the 20 daily exponential moving average. That is currently sitting at $43,500. But pause. Those are the what ifs. What might drive us down to $43,500? And are the arguments that say we're going to go down there strong enough that we should bet on them? Well, that's what we want to talk about here. There's two major technical indicators here on Bitcoin that are calling for short-term bearish price action. The first one is none other <clears throat> than the two, than the uh, bearish RSI divergence that we're seeing right now on Bitcoin. I'm going to go to the four-hourly chart to draw this because it is just a lot easier to see. But there's a very clearly defined level of resistance, trend line of resistance here on Bitcoin, starting on the 26th of July with a touch here on the 30th and the 1st of August. Here on the 9th of August and also here on the 13th of August, we have set this resistance level very, very well. But looking at the four hourly RSI, we can see that we have a downtrending level of resistance. In fact, this shows up, I believe it shows up in a certain way on the hourly chart. It's not as clean, but it also shows up on the daily chart. So 
out on the daily chart is not quite as steep, but you can still see it. There's a downtrending level of resistance right there. So what's the point here? The point is we're seeing bearish RSI divergence on Bitcoin on the hourly, four hourly and daily chart. We're seeing pretty massive bearish RSI divergence at that. We're not talking about just a couple of days here. We're talking about bearish RSI divergence that has been in effect for three weeks now. Whenever we see bearish RSI divergence, we're almost always expecting that the market is going to follow it. Why? Because technical analysis is looking at previous trends to figure out if those trends are going to continue. The previous trends say this. Bearish RSI divergence is very rarely ignored. In fact, more than 70% of the time in my experience, whenever you see bearish RSI divergence, it's going to be followed. And by the way, the length of time that the bearish RSI divergence is witnessed on, so in this case, three weeks worth of time, gives you a bit of an idea as to how deep the bearish RSI divergence is calling for a correction. In this case, if we've seen three weeks of bearish RSI divergence shows up on the hourly, four hourly, and daily, we're probably expecting a 5 to 10% correction at least. Guess what? The 20 daily exponential moving average I just talked to you about would constitute that. In fact, we might even have to go lower than that. If we pull back to the 20 daily EMA right now, that would push us back down to $43,870. Right now, I think the prediction might actually be lower than that here at our resistance level of $42,000 that we set back on the 31st of July. Again, like I said, Bitcoin and Ethereum are very similar right now. The exact same thing shows up on the Ethereum chart. You can see the downtrend right here on Ethereum's RSI. And actually, something very similar shows up in a different way on the four-hourly chart down on Cardano. There's an uptrending level of resistance here and then a downtrending level of resistance here. So in a sense, you could say the entire cryptocurrency market is under bearish RSI divergence right now. Cardano, Ethereum, and Bitcoin making up 85-odd percent of market capitalization. So, Tim, I want to hear your take on this. Should we listen to bearish RSI divergence? Are there any factors you're seeing that are calling for the upside in the next seven days? Again, I want to be clear. We're not talking about the next month being bearish. We're talking about a seven-day time frame. That's what we mean by short term. What is your take? I want to say something, guys. Okay, go for it. The turtles <laughs> called it. The turtles did. If call you it. watched Between Two Coins last week, guys, we literally don't doubt the turtles. Literally, the turtles did. The call turtles it. didn't just say it was going to be bearish for the next how long? Seven days. Yes, seven days. Not only did they call that, but they also called that it would be translating to the rest of the cryptocurrency market, not just Bitcoin. <laughs> Guys, that's a good point. What can I say? The turtles did call it. Guys, they don't. Not, they don't know Solana that well. That's, that's true. Not in their expertise. Well, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't tell them about yeah, Solana. They, we didn't ask them their opinion on Solana. The game, you know. Yeah, we didn't ask them about Solana. Yeah. So, Tim, what is your thoughts? Do you think the turtles are right this week? Well, so here's the thing. I, you know, I was talking with Jeb about this this morning. We were in an ascending wedge on both Ethereum and Card- Ethereum and Bitcoin. Uh, so this breaking bearish out of it more sideways than down necessarily because I think before we just say we've dropped or if everyone's like oh no what's happening in Bitcoin we've moved sideways you know can we move down absolutely but sideways is also a form of correction and yep. I think Bitcoin was needing to be corrected I think Ethereum was needing to be corrected uh, we do not want to repeat the same mistake that we did earlier this spring when we just skyrocketed and had to, had to face some very harsh consequences from that and have a very steep correction mm-hmm. as far as people freaking out though I know I was watching chat. I guess some other YouTubers are saying this is the top. We're about to go back down. That's just FUD. Like, there's nothing fundamentally. Mm-mm. There's nothing on the on-chain analysis. There's nothing. Like, even the technicals, even the bearish technicals like the RSI divergence do not point to a massive fallout of the price. It points towards a correction and a healthy correction mm-hmm. at that. 
I, I'm not afraid of this at all. Like, I'm mm-hmm. looking at this, all right, good, glad. I think we were growing a little too fast. This is slowing us down a little bit, so we actually get to keep this momentum, not just have a great rally just to see a great fall. You know? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Tim, because what we've seen over the last week is we've seen a consolidation like we said we needed. We've talked about on the last two weeks for this channel, Bitcoin has rallied very far, very quickly. If we want this to sustain, we need to consolidate. Well, guess what? We've been trading around forty-four dollars to $48,000 for a week and a half now. Good. Let's keep that up for another couple weeks. In fact, I would be perfectly content to see Bitcoin pull all the way down to $41,300. Where am I getting that number from? I'm getting that number from the two highs that we set over here on the 25th of May and also here on the 15th of June. If Bitcoin pulled down to this level, around $41,500, that would be the best thing that we could have happen to this bull market. Period. Bitcoin would still be in a higher in a, in a trend of higher highs and higher lows. We still have these higher highs. We'd still be setting a higher low. We would be consolidating and knocking out this bearish RSI divergence, putting it behind us, and we would be ready to move on. The the number so the number I would be concerned about. I know you just said forty one. You'd fine, be fine with that. I would actually say anything less than forty two five hundred would potentially get me a little bit like, okay, what is happening? Really? But, but remember a couple weeks ago, we, uh, you know, I said it could get back down to that level. According to Wyckoff, a lot of times we go back and test that former level of resistance mm-hmm. in the accumulation phase and use it as support. We never did. So. You know, it could be, and I and Wyckoff talks about this. It doesn't necessarily have to. It's not a rule that it always has to. It's just normal. The same way the spring event at the bottom it doesn't have to happen. It's just normal. We had that happen. So if it drops down to forty two five hundred, I'm like, hey, this is just according to the plan. If it gets lower than that, that's when I might be like, okay, what's happening? Yeah. But there, we're at forty six five hundred. We have a little ways to go before we start losing our mind. Yeah, so guys, we have support sitting at $42,000, and $42,500 is where he's talking about also. That's this Wyckoff spring that we've talked about in previous videos. $42,000 is a previous all-time high, so I'm perfectly happy to see Bitcoin pull back down to $42,000. In between $42,000 and $37,500, I'm like, eh, it's okay, but you know, we're getting to be a little bit bearish. If we pull below $37,500, which I want to be clear because I don't want to get misquoted, I don't think is going to happen, but... If that happened, that would be where we would start having concerns because then we're setting lower lows and that means we're in a downtrend and then that would probably end up looking something like a head and shoulders pattern. If you can see through all of my messy charting, don't want any of that to happen. I don't think it's going to. Point is... $42,000 $42,000 very much in the cards, and if it happens, you shouldn't be worried about it. In fact, yeah. you should be excited about it, yep. and you should probably, not financial advice, be looking to buy in. But I want to mention one more bearish signal, because there is another one, and it would be none other than the MACD. You guys know the MACD is a very important technical indicator, because just like RSI, it is viewed by almost every single trader in the world. MACD is one of the most commonly used technical indicators in all of technical analysis. And whenever we see the signal line and the bull and the MACD line cross like this, where we see the signal line, or excuse me, the the signal line crossing below the MACD line, or excuse me, the MACD line crossing below the signal line, I always get them mixed up. The colors don't help because I'm colorblind. Whenever you see that occurring in this fashion, this is called a bearish cross. Whenever you see a bearish cross, you're generally expecting for a correction to come. We're seeing a bearish cross on the daily chart on Bitcoin, Ethereum, and to a lesser extent, probably in the next week on Cardano. What does this mean? Well, let's look back on the history of bearish crosses on Bitcoin. If we look at those and we put a vertical line on the last several times that we've had bearish crosses, then we can look and see what it means. I'll go ahead and use these four data points because they are the most relevant. There are a couple of examples in here where we technically have bearish crosses. They're not very big examples, though, so I will use these four because these are the most obvious examples. Bearish cross 
correction. In fact, let's measure that. This correction was a total of 27% in 14 days. Here we had a bearish cross and we corrected 26% in 7 days. Here we had a bearish cross and we corrected 23% in 10 days. Here we had a bearish cross and depending on where you draw the bottom, you could say we corrected as much as 50%. So, pause. Are we going to correct 50%? No, I don't think so. I don't think that. Could we correct 10 to 15%? Yes, absolutely. I heard that. Knock on wood, Tim. Uh, yeah, it's possible. What I think we need to keep in mind here, though, is that MACD has been trending to the upside for two and a half months mm -hmm. since we originally crossed bullish back here on the 29th of May. That was not what had been happening back over here. We were already in an overextended bull market. We had already rallied far too far, far too quickly. We weren't getting the corrections that we needed. So this was a different market climate than what we're in right now. I think right now we would not be expecting the same level of a correction, but we could be seeing a correction down to between $37,500 and $42,000, probably somewhere in that higher range up towards $42,000. That's what I think. Yeah. But it is important for us to keep this in mind because when the bearish MACD cross inevitably happens tomorrow, it's probably going to drive some short-term bearish price action. You shouldn't get too scared of it, though, but it is something to keep in mind. Tim, what are your thoughts? Is the MACD going to be a big reason why we correct down to our price target, 42000 42005 well, The other thing with MACD, and we've seen this happen a couple of times, even if it crosses bearish, that's not the end of the road either because it could cross bearish and then almost immediately bounce back bullish. Happened plenty of times. Uh, all it takes is a massive piece of news. I know we've been flirting with that Walmart news. We've been flirting with Amazon news. Could we see something with that, like that mm -hmm. break? Uh, but, I mean, people are saying in the chat, I completely agree, and I, I said this. In all reality, if we just dropped down to 42,500, bounced, I think it would almost be an immediate bounce back up over 50,000. Yeah. Like it, to to me, agree. there's almost a kind of thought of like, I'm not saying I want to go lower, but I almost wonder if the farther we can correct, mm -hmm. the more aggressive a bounce back. It happens a lot. Be. I've watched it happen many times. Absolutely. Uh, got my dad in chat. I'm not hey. going to tell you what name it is because he likes to say anonymous, but uh, my dad's in chat. Shout out to him. Guys, we got 2,600 viewers in chat. Make sure to go ahead and smash the living daylights out of that like button. I know we can get up to 1,200 likes. That's only 50% of the people watching live. Thank you very much for tuning in. This is the latest we've ever been. We're generally extremely timely, so if you want Want to come and join this stream 9 30 eastern every single weekday make sure to hit that subscribe button we come at you with humility and integrity show you the bullish and the bearish so that you can make informed decisions so that you can profit on your trades and your investments here in the cryptocurrency market if that's not a good enough reason to subscribe to the fastest growing technical analysis channel in the cryptocurrency industry i don't know what is hit that red button also what other channel has a smay thing that that's, is a very good that's point all i want to know that's yeah. a very good point and by the way now that smay has switched out this lens this close-up lens for all of the o OG followers of me. Remember back when I was in my bedroom and I had the blue lights behind me and everything? That that he is recording on right now is the exact same camera body. And now that we are using the other lens is the exact same camera lens that I used to use wow. that I made like five or 600 videos on. So wow. shout out to that camera. That was the workhorse that got this channel rolling. Smash the subscribe button, like the video if you haven't already. We got some super guys, chats. We do. Guys, smash the like button like I smashed that lens. Let's go, guys. Yeah. Come on. Smash the like joke button. About it. You know, it's good that he smashed this lens because the lens that is pointing at me is $2,000. This one's $75. So it's good that it was this one. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I'll buy a new one. Don't worry about it. All right. Let's go back. We have one from Edward Hess. I think he said this even before we went live he, while the countdown was still going. So shout out to Edward Hess. Shout he said, smash those like buttons and give our boys more exposure. Let's go. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Edward. Tommy Wells said, you guys are awesome. And shout out to my friend who won 29000 on Cake Lottery today. Ooh. Holy cow. Shout out to him. Good for him. Let's go. James Heath 
Heathcock, I think. Good morning, Knights. Coffee on Solana Profits. Thanks for all you do, for all you guys do. Your TA is the best on the web. James, I agree. I have been saying that about Jeb for a very long time. I, It's ridiculous what he knows. Well, uh, Mojo Hand says $1 for every day until college football season. Come on. Let's yes, go. 11 days. 11 Mojo days. Hand. Bama fan through and through. Gosh, Roll Tide. That's, that's where we part ways. Roll Tide. That's not where we part ways. He and I are but friends now. But also a UNC alum. Oh my gosh! Tim literally, t- Tim literally told me one time the reason he doesn't like Alabama is because they win too much. That's not the reason. That but is verbatim. That, that is that's almost verbatim reason. what you said. Anyway, I'm gonna keep moving. So massive <laughs> game with VT on six three. I apologize in advance for your loss, Prez. Roll damn tide. Love you guys. Mojohan, you were starting off great in my book, and you just took a massive dip. Bama and UNC. The only thing that could make this worse is if you also came out and said you liked Florida State. I was about to it say it would the be the trifecta. Who's UNC? What University of North Carolina? North Carolina. North Carolina. And oh. we play them game number one. What's wrong uh, with UNC? I don't know anything about them. They're a the Tech rival. I know the Seminoles suck. North Carolina is actually pretty good. I just hate them. Uh, Fidel Vaquiz. Oh gosh, Vaquiz. I don't know. I'm Fidel. The weekly MACD is moving bullish, and the monthly MACD has not even turned bearish yet, even after the drop in May. What are your thoughts on that? It's actually something we were about to make an afternoon video on. Come on, So uh, you uncovered new content, because take a look at the weekly chart right here. We will be covering this this afternoon. There is a bullish MACD cross occurring on Bitcoin right now on the weekly chart. Excuse me, I said the daily chart. On the weekly chart, there's a bullish MACD cross happening this week. By the way, in case you don't know, the last time we saw a significant bullish MACD cross on Bitcoin was April of last year. So that's a very big deal. Good eye. We will be talking about that this afternoon. Make sure to subscribe for that video. It's going to be a good one. Last one from Matt C. And then we'll move on. He says, here is to Jeb's dad. You raised an amazing kid. Amen. 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 Thank you, dad. Dad's awesome. Yeah. So guys, we are going to go ahead and move on now. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what are we going to talk about next? What's next on the document? Oh, yes, that's right. We're going to talk about some on-chain metrics. We're going to talk about some fundamentals because you guys know that we are trying to do more with on-chain metrics. We're trying to pay more attention to inflows and outflows. We're trying to pay more attention to hash rate and looking at things like the hash ribbons, which a video is coming out to CT2A on, I think, next week. So look for that. By the way, if you haven't already joined CT2A and you want to learn everything I know about technical analysis, the link's down below. We've had a ton of people sign up lately, and they're loving every minute of it. Drop a one-inch chat if you are a alumni of the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy. If you want 45 videos and over 15 hours of high-quality educational content to teach you everything you need to know about technical analysis, you should definitely check the link in the description. And to answer someone's question from yesterday, no, I don't talk this fast in the course. I talk this fast on YouTube because it's how we retain viewership and grow the channel. I talk a lot slower in the course. Let's go ahead and jump onto this article from Coin uh, Bitcoinist. Because we want to talk a little bit about some on-chain metrics. And one of the ones that we pay close attention to is what is known as the inflows and outflows on exchange. Tim, do you want to explain to the audience a little bit what inflows and outflows are and why we look at them? Is that something that you've been looking at? So, yeah. So, the reason why outflows are so valuable is because it's literally people's hodling. That it, When you see things outflow from exchanges, that is the definition of hodling, meaning you can leave it on and, and hodl. It's just a lot easier for you to transact. Once you move it off, that is you literally communicating to the entire world. This isn't going anywhere. This is mine. I'm going to keep it mm-hmm. and let it just store up value. When I when you see people moving stuff back onto exchanges, that's 
probably communicating, hey, I'm going to do some trading. Hey, I'm going to sell and take some profits. Uh, that's when you don't necessarily. That is not. That's not a bullish sign when you move things back onto exchange. Moving off though, massively bullish. Yeah. No, we moved a ton. Great explanation, Tim. That we moved a ton of our cryptocurrency off exchange um, just a couple of days ago and put it onto a le- onto a Ledger hardware wallet because we're planning on hodling. We're planning on holding it for the long run. You don't take one step further away from being to sell, being able to sell if you're planning on selling. It doesn't make any sense, right? Well, that's what we're seeing right now is a lot of people are taking that step away. Bitcoin reserve outflows spike up. As per a report by Arcane Research, Bitcoin reserve outflows have spiked up in the past week as a significant amount of the coin exit exchanges. The Bitcoin exchange outflow is an indicator that shows the amount of BTC moving from exchange wallets to personal ones. Then finally, there is the net flow indicator, which is, as the name suggests, is just the difference between the inflows and the outflows. A negative value suggests more outflows, which is what we're seeing, while a positive one suggests more inflows. Here's a chart of the net position change for all exchanges. Notice, earlier on this year, especially right around the time that April and May were rolling around, guess what happened in April and May? We were starting a big correction. Mm -hmm. Beginning of May, we jumped off a cliff. Right around that time, what did we see? We saw a massive spike in exchange inflows. A lot of people were moving their crypto. In fact, historic numbers of people were moving their cryptocurrency onto exchange to sell it and cash out. Well, now what's happening? The exact opposite. Everybody who had crypto on exchanges is now taking it off exchange and putting it into hardware wallets. In fact, right now we are seeing some of the most extreme outflows that we have seen since October of last year and April of the year of the last year as well. well guess what happened during dis, uh, October through December of last year? A lot of people were hodling because we were racing up above $10,000. We broke our local highs at 12, rallied all the way to $42,000. So duh, everybody was hodling during this time. They were riding the rocket ship. There's no reason to jump off and I, when you're not even to the space station yet. But what we also saw was we saw a ton of exchange outflows right here when people were also very excited because the market was rebounding. We saw exchange inflows right here when we were dumping. So what does it mean if we see a ton of exchange outflows and the only time we've ever seen exchange outflows higher than this are the two most bullish times in the last 18 months? What does this mean for Bitcoin? Well, I think it's pretty clear. I think it means we're going to rally. I think it means we're actually going to moonshot from here. And I'm interested to hear what everybody in this room and also your predictions are in the chat. What do you think this means for Bitcoin? Where do you think Bitcoin's headed next? Tim, is this an indicator that could say that we're going to be heading back to all-time high in the next couple of months? Should we be looking at all the technicals we just did as a one- to two-week metric and be looking at this as a longer-term metric over the next two to three months? How should we look at this, and what time frame should we take it into account on? Okay, so... I'm going to be completely honest. I was responding to chat. Okay. Which indicator are we talking about? Inflows and outflows. Inflows Out, of changes. Outflows are the are the mo- outflows are the highest that we've seen in the last year. That, okay. I mean, just based off of what I just talked about as the definition, mm-hmm. it is fully bullish. Like that is nothing but bullish, and that's one of the reasons why I think people even commented on the title of today's stream and the thumbnail. Mm-hmm. There are bearish signals, but there are also bullish mm-hmm. indicators like this. That is a good sign to me. If we were seeing that number slow down or go a little bit lower and we're seeing these bearish signals, then I would say, oh, we need to potentially pump the brakes. Question, did we hit a top? Like, was this just a a small rally before we continue a, a bearish trend? But no. That number right there, along with everything that's happening with adoption, because that's that's what we're seeing is we're seeing people adopt, 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 pull it off the exchange, pull it off the exchange. That is going to do nothing but increase the demand 
at, at a more increasing rate than the supply. Yep. And is what happens when you increase the demand mm -hmm. when the supply isn't matching it? The price goes up. Everybody looks to the stock to flow ratio and how much Bitcoin is being mined to take into account the economics of Bitcoin and its stock to flow ratio. Here's the thing, though: the stock to flow ratio is actually much more variable than the existing supply. Let's take a look at Coin Market Cap here for a second. Before you go to it, let me actually get it up. Now you can go to it. My bad, didn't have it up. Before we, you're good. Uh, before we actually look at the circulating, before we actually look at Bitcoin's um, total supply that's ever been created, we need to pay attention to its circulating supply. So on Coin Market Cap, they're listed as the same number, but they're actually not. The total supply of Bitcoin is 18.7 million. That's how much Bitcoin has ever been mined and created. But, of course, there is Bitcoin being lost every single day, which yep. slows down the inflation of Bitcoin. And whenever you're hodling Bitcoin, what you're effectively doing is taking some of the stock out of that stock-to-flow ratio, increasing the stock-to-flow ratio, driving the price up. That's why this is so important. That's why we pay attention to inflows and outflows, because the more cryptocurrency is taken off exchange, not being touched, the more the stock to flow ratio is on bitcoin and the larger the value prop is for bitcoin the more people lock it up for example we talk about with cardano 70 odd percent of cardano is staked that is an incredibly bullish thing because that means 70 percent of its stock is not accessible so it might as well not even count for cardano's stock to flow ratio it's why cardano's rallying so much is because so much of it is staked tim i want to hear your take on this do we know i don't know the number off the top of my head i'm going to find it while you're talking but yeah how big of an impact do you think hodling has on that stock-to-flow ratio? And should we look at the stock-to-flow ratio as something that's a lot more variable and not just consistent year over year? Well, it, it, it's just like think about anything else. I, I think it may be an easy thing to even think through is Legos. If you played Legos when you were a kid and there's a certain type of piece that was pretty rare uh, and, and in your collection and your friends want to play with it, the more you grab those away and the less of them there are – the more that friend is going to be like, man, I will trade you whatever it takes to get those pieces. The more people are taking off of exchange, the more the less access exchanges have to be able to get Bitcoin to you, the more value each one of those Bitcoins will be. And like Jeb just said, uh, there are people losing every day. Sad story of the day. We have a security guard in our building yep. who bought Bitcoin when it was about $9, right? I think so, yeah. He has 600 Bitcoins somewhere in his house he cannot find. Yep. So he is still working a job. I think they probably pay him $15 an hour when my man is a multimillionaire if he could just locate his wallet. But those multi-million dollars worth of Bitcoin are out of supply, so they're not impacting yep. the value of Bitcoin other than they're driving the value of everything that is left up because they're taken out of circulating supply. Yeah, it, it's just the, the less you have access to it, the more it's going to be in demand. And that's what people do. Like, that's the reason anything has value. If you look at the history of currency, at one point we used beads as currency because they were so rare. And then someone realized, hey, you know what? We can go dig in the ocean and find a whole lot more of these and make them really quickly. And, uh, and so that's when their value went down. But guess what? Bitcoin doesn't have that same play. Bitcoin has a a finite number yep. and it it's going to run out like at some point when people pull and pull and pull and pull and pull there's no new bitcoin left to grab so you got to do whatever you can do and that is spend more money to get a hold of it as much as you can that is why bitcoin has its value we talk about how cardano right now still has a lot of its value from speculation that it is going to be a valid and valued product however there is also value in cardano because of its limited supply ethereum doesn't have a limited supply a lot of people 
falsely claimed that EIP-1559 was being tur- was turning Ethereum into a deflationary currency. It was not turning it deflationary. It was lowering the inflation. There's a very big difference yeah. there. In fact, I have a collaboration with YouTuber Hashoshi that will be coming out tomorrow on the channel that you guys can see all of that. So make sure to subscribe to the channel for that. And also go check out Hashoshi. He's got a great channel. He's a good guy. Nevertheless, if you guys are enjoying today's stream, make sure to smash that like button. I know we can get to 1,500 likes. Tim, how long do you think we should give our audience to hit 1,500 likes? I think it can happen in the next... Well, first of all, I think we should potentially run a little longer than we normally do due to the fact that we started a little later. Agreed, yeah. We can go to like 1035 or so. I I mean, okay, we had almost 3,000 people watching. We can get, we could get to 1,500 probably in the next 10 minutes. I think that's fair. not sooner than that. I think that's fair. Uh, I think we can do that. More likes, so. Heck yeah, guys. Smash that like button. And also, like I said, make sure to check out the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy with the link in the description box down below. We've got over 45 videos and 15 hours of high-quality educational content where we teach you guys everything you need to know about technical analysis. We have taught nearly 5,000 students. I think it's like 4,900 students right now. Yeah. How to learn. Uh, we've taught them how to do technical analysis on cryptocurrency markets so that they can be profitable. It is a very hard thing to teach yourself. Take it from someone who did teach themselves. You guys look at me and you're like, oh, Jeb's an expert. First of all, no, I don't call myself an expert. I call myself a student because the second I think I know it all is the second that I stop growing. I am constantly learning new things. There are things that I don't know. I'm learning about Wyckoff from Tim. But what I do know, I want to teach you, and I know quite a bit, and it took me a very long time to learn that. It took me 5,000 hours over the course of the last four years to learn technical analysis. Let's be clear on something. There's 8,760 hours in a year. 5,000 hours is a long time. I spent hours every single day making content and dreaming about technical analysis. I mean, I had a dream last night. It was in my dream. I'm not even kidding. It was a weird dream. It took me so long to learn technical analysis, and the reason it did is because I didn't know the right questions to ask. Ask. It's easy to find an answer on Google, but the hard thing is finding the question. You don't even know to ask the right question. I'm going to help you ask those right questions, and then I'm going to answer for you, them for you. Links in the description box down below. Let's go ahead yeah. and read some super chats. Let's do it. Also, if you were if you're someone in the, the crowd saying, "Hey, I already hit the like button. I don't know what else I can do." There's also a share button over there. There is a share button. Go share get, the video. Get your, get your friends to like it. Uh, I think we had one person also say one time they said, "I literally created ten accounts just to give it ten likes." Aww, I was like, "That's dedication." That's right there. dedication. Uh, Alexandria Alexandria Anasio said, "Jeb on around the blockchain later. Hopefully, don't miss it. I will be on ATB later. Don't miss it." Yes. All right, so uh, Mojo Hand uh, commented back. He said, FYI, fork the Knowles, please. Still seeking the uh, relevancy again since Bowden left Tallahassee. By the way, uh, you know, prayers and and condolences to the whole Bowden family. As much as I hated the Seminoles, Bowden was an amazing coach, amazing man. Uh, He, you know, for those of you who don't know, he died like last week. So, Mm. uh, great man. Uh, I think he got, he's the second most winningest coach in uh, college football history. Really? Yeah, he's, he was good. That's saying something, dude. With the Seminoles. Mojo Hand, you did, you did raise your ranks in my book by uh, saying you don't like the Knoll, so congratulations. <laughs> uh, Four by Grace said, is CT2A cost a one-time fee? God bless you all. Yes, CT2A is a one-time payment. Yes, sir, it is. Yep. Uh, last one from Edward Hess again. He said, CT2A is, a well worth the inv- is well worth the investment if you put the time in investing yourself. Best advice Jeb has given. Yeah, so what he's referencing is something that I've said for the last four years I've been running the channel, and that is that the best investment you will ever make is an investment in yourself, period, hands down, bar none. You will not invest in something better. You will never invest in a cryptocurrency that will have a higher return that'll be more fulfilling than yourself. It's not going to happen, I guarantee you. And the reason is because a cryptocurrency could disappear tomorrow, but if you disappear tomorrow, then I guess you don't really need to worry about it, huh? But if the disappearance of the cryptocurrency happens... 
you're screwed. Yeah. You know, the best investment you can make is an investment in yourself because no one can take your own education from you. They can take your crypto. They can take your house. They can take your business and your family, but they can't take what you know without taking you out. And again, they take you out, then I guess you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's very important to invest in yourself. Last we got here from Vlad Yen said, do you know how to use the CPR indicator? I know that you uh, I know that you do it to the to the tune of um, staying alive. So you go, oh done, done. I have no idea what the CPR indicator is. No I'm sorry. <laughs> I have no clue. That's great, though. I got to be honest. I'm sorry. Like the stream, guys, if you're enjoying it. We got a couple more things we want to talk about here. Make sure to give us any questions because I've actually reserved a little bit of time at the end of this stream for some questions and answers. Doesn't have to be a super chat. We appreciate super chats, but we do want to do that. So, Tim, if you see any really good yeah. questions, make sure to log those. A few more things we can talk about here on Bitcoin and Ethereum. Specifically, I'm going to talk about Ethereum, actually. Because on Ethereum, if we look at the four-hourly chart, it is currently in a rising trading channel. This rising trading channel is actually very important because, surprisingly, Ethereum has managed not to break bearish out of it. On Bitcoin's case, however, we have broken bearish out of its rising wedge. Now, Bitcoin's in a rising wedge. Ethereum is in a rising trading channel. These are two different things. These two lines are roughly parallel, so we call it a trading channel. Whereas on Bitcoin, they are not, so we don't call it a trading channel. We call it a rising wedge. We've broken bearish out of Bitcoin's rising wedge, and we are now turning that into, instead of a rising wedge, into a trading channel, just like Ethereum. So I'm going to go ahead and delete this trend line and draw this one. What we're now seeing is that the rising wedges that we saw on Bitcoin and Ethereum have now started to break out. And Bitcoin and Ethereum are no longer in those rising wedges. They're in trading channels. This is important because a rising wedge typically is very bearish. Breaking out of it means that we've taken one step in the direction of bearishness. It doesn't mean that we are going to move bearish for the long term, but it does mean that we are bearish, uh, that we were bearish in the short term. Might have a little bit more to go. I also want to show you what Lux Algo is doing, guys. If you haven't already signed up for Lux Algo, you just, you just need to. It's it's so good. It's not even funny. Drop a one in chat if you've been using Lux Algo. I mean, look at this buy signal right here take a look at that one buy signal called this whole rally that's what you get if you have lux algo we have a lot of viewers now that use lux algo while they're day trading and down on the intraday time frames nevertheless lux algo has still not shown a bearish signal on bitcoin i don't think it's shown one on ethereum it is not. It's got a strong buy signal here. It's not perfect, guys. You got to make sure that you are using Lux Algo just like any indicator wisely, but it does call things pretty well most of the time. But I have not seen a bearish signal yet come out of Lux Algo on these two charts that would call for us to start breaking to the downside. But I think the rest of the technical analysis that we did earlier is going to indicate that that's going to happen. Tim? Mm hmm. What kind of questions do we have? We have a lot have of TA questions. Uh, sure, let's which hear them. Is, which is always great. And I, I can tell you guys right now, we'll answer as many of these as we can. But almost every question I have seen on here is something that is answered in CD2A. So, oh, there we go. It, it is something that if you guys want, have a lot, a lot of questions, and obviously we can't answer every question that ever comes our way, uh, that course does answer these questions. But yeah. I see one right here from Petrock62 saying, question, is there any way you guys can do some TA on BitTorrent to see if there's a good long-term hold? I feel like it is, but I'm not... The the expert that you guys are um so that's one he wants you to do a specific coin um i do we have time to do coins today mm, probably not and also yeah. to, the the thing is with that question um if i do technical analysis on it then i'm obviously going to give my opinion on it which means that people are probably going to trade based off of it i have not done a lot of research on BitTorrent, so i don't know if it's a good investment or not yeah. um in fact i didn't even know that there was a cryptocurrency called BitTorrent. i know what BitTorrent is i didn't know that was a crypto also frankly so i'm not going to do that but i appreciate the question uh there's another question here again this one i know there's a video on there answering in more detail but maybe if you have a short one Derek walters asked oh i, I take back what i said i knew there was a cryptocurrency in BitTorrent. i was blanking uh I was Derek, being silly. 
Kelly. Derek Walter said, what time frame is the best to chart? That depends on what you're doing. Um, is it best to take a dirt road or an interstate? Kind of depends on how far yeah. you're going, right? If you're taking, if you're trying to get to a house out in the middle of nowhere, then the interstate's probably not going to get you there. But if you're trying to go to Atlanta and you live in Los Angeles, then a dirt road's probably not going to get you there. In that case, it really depends on what you're doing. If you're doing interday time for, if you're doing interday trading, or excuse me, intraday trading, and you're uh, trading and holding for the span of four hours, then you're going to want to look at the maybe the five minute, 15 minute, 30 minute hour, four hourly chart, something like that. If you're doing scalping and you're down trading for 15 minutes and you're buying and selling three or four times an hour, then you're going to want to be looking at the one minute chart. If you are doing a swing trade, then you're going to want to be looking at the daily chart and the weekly chart. So it really just depends on what you're doing. Uh, Cache Cats, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but he was even like telling people like TA works for stocks and Forex too. Yes. So your academy... You're focusing on crypto, but yes. does it also apply to all We that talk stuff? about crypto because that's my specialty, but yeah. everything we talk about in there with maybe one or two exceptions is perfectly applicable to stocks and Forex, absolutely. Well, all of our examples are on Bitcoin, but technical analysis is not a crypto art. It actually started in the stock market over 100 years ago on the Dow Jones Industrial and Rail Averages. So, yeah, technical analysis is actually, there's a strong argument to be made that technical analysis is more applicable to the stock markets and the Forex markets because it was started in the stock market and later in the Forex market. So, absolutely it is. And also Lux Algo works on all Lux Algo also works on the stocks and Forex. Here's a question I know we can't give crazy deep answers to because we are not financial advisors. However, Robert Raver said, Jeb, Tim, I have a fairly small bag. I diversified a decent amount, but I think I may have overdone it. How much portfolio diversification would you recommend? How many cryptocurrencies can you keep track of and know what they're doing at all times? I can keep track of what Bitcoin is doing. I can keep track of what Ethereum is doing. I can keep track of what Cardano and maybe one or two other projects are doing. I have to work 14 hours a day sometimes here at the company. More often, it's more like 8 to 10 hours. I've got all kinds of stuff I have to do outside, out of work. i got to rest. i got to make sure that I'm taking care of myself so I can run the company here. I can't keep track of 100 different cryptocurrencies, so I don't have 100 different cryptocurrencies. I can yeah. keep track of 2 to 5, so I deal with 2 to 5. How many can you confidently track and make sure you know what you're doing? Yeah. The second you hold a major investment and you don't know what the project is doing and you can't follow it, that's when you're making a mistake. Also, update from our story the other day. I was talking with Greg because uh, we were debating. We didn't know what he had done. He he'd moved all of his money back into Cardano. So I thought he did. Yeah. So he he had, did really well. I still I don't I still in hindsight, great for Greg. And Greg, if you're watching, glad you made some money off that. I still would diversify. I'd still yeah. diversify it. Just, just yeah, Cardano. <laughs> there are times where you don't get the full gains, but you also might not get the full losses when, mm-hmm. when or if uh, but, Bitcoin crashes. But to that question, we just asked, there was just asked guys. Over diversification is a very real thing, yes. and you have to be careful with it because too all because a lot of times people will put their eggs in what you got to be careful about putting all your eggs in one basket unless it's a dang good basket, as yeah. Andrew Carnegie said. But you also don't want to put your eggs in a billion different baskets and not be able to track them. A mistake I've seen, though, and this is another thing when it comes to psychology and planning of this, is you also have to come up with a good strategy and then stick to it and not constantly yes, change your mind. Yes, yes, I've yes. watched people, I've watched friends be like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this, and then it doesn't work out perfectly for them, and they're like, oh, let's change it up. And it's almost like they're timing it perfect in the wrong way. Like Every time they move money out of something, that coin rises. Every time they move it into something, that coin falls. And it's like, hey, just choose Use a strategy, have your reason, think through it, and then be okay with the consequences, good or bad. Well, Tim, as the president of our company, I know you have an example of a time when we did that, not in crypto, but with this stream. We were uh, constantly trying to change everything. Oh, well, I mean, I, that one we could get. I don't know the specifics of that. If you want to tell that story, uh, there's lots of times where we 
changed up and then we went back to something. Yeah, like, well, I'll tell the story. We were, we were good the first time. When we no, I know. When we moved into this office, yeah, actually, to be honest, a lot of this is before, before Tim's me, time. Yeah, a lot yeah. of it's actually before Tim's yeah. time. Uh, what we did is we were constantly making one kind of video and then another kind of video, and then well, we're gonna make a little documentary style video. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. And then there was no consistency, and we had no strategy, and we had no idea what we were doing. What we were doing originally was working. I don't know if you noticed, but the last month we've gone back to doing afternoon videos because they always worked for us. Why did we try and get away from what was working? We found that this morning stream also works very well, but we were over diversifying our content and not being focused, and we were being scatterbrained because. I'm scatterbrained, so the rest of the company ends up being that way, too. Uh, so what we've learned is pick something and stick to it. That's mm -hmm. why I made that I, three weeks ago, three Sundays ago, I uploaded a video talking about this in my car. Go watch that video. You will be glad you did. It's got 30,000 views. Go watch that video from three weeks ago. It talks about exactly that concept. The same thing applies to your portfolio management. Yeah. Uh, someone did just ask, and I don't know if you're going to have a great answer for this one yet. Uh, but what is a good buy-in for Solana? Hmm. So here's the thing. Whenever I get that question, I normally respond with two questions. One, are you confident in the project to hold it long term? And two, have you done your technical analysis on it and you're just asking from my perspective? Yeah. Or are you asking from my perspective so you can just rely on my perspective? Because if you're asking just from my perspective so you can rely on my perspective and you haven't done your own technical analysis, I'm not going to answer the question because I'm going to be just be giving you a crutch. I have a feeling that you have done your own technical analysis and you're just curious. What's a good buy-in for Solana? Three weeks ago. Now is a horrible, I mean an awful time to buy into Solana. Could it go up? Yes, it absolutely could. Solana could rally to the freaking moon from now. Well, what a, what the heck, Jeb? If Solana could rally to the moon, why should I not buy it? Could and will are two very different things. Solana could do a lot of things. Solana could go to zero. Solana could go to 1,000. Solana could trade sideways and not move at all for the next 1,000 days. What Solana is most likely to do from right now is it's most likely to have a major correction. I'm looking at the chart right yes. now. Yeah. Probably down to around $50, if not lower. I would expect it to come down and test the 20 daily exponential moving average, which is sitting at $44 right now. By the time we tested it, it'd probably be around $50. If you're going to buy into Solana, be looking to buy in around a time like that when it's on support and not after it has gone through a major rally. If you guys ever wonder why I'm so enthused and love the Wyckoff method is because what this is what Wyckoff teaches uh, the concept of a they know the institutions know that retail investors will look at something pump look at something rally and say oh look how good this is let's mm -hmm. get in mm -hmm. my wife did it yesterday morning I think she said like Tim look at the price of Solano should we get in and I was like no I, I would never get into a coin the day after a 30% spike that it, but that is what people do and the institutions feed off of that thought they look at those rallies and say alright Look at this project. I'm aware. It's on my radar. I'm going to wait till it drops back down and buy in there. Well, it's like the lottery. Why do people play the lottery? Because here's the thing. Whenever a business transaction is happening on a massive scale, then two people are profiting or else these two people would not be going into business with each other. Whenever you play the lottery, you and whoever's running the lottery are going into business together. So clearly both parties are getting something out of it, right? Yeah. Or else they wouldn't be doing it. It is a completely voluntary exchange. The way that the people playing the lottery look at it are... Oh my gosh, what if this could happen? They're not the ones making the money. What are the people making the money thinking? The people making the money are thinking, okay, well, there is a 2.44 reward to um, payout 
uh, strata, uh, ratio here. So for every dollar we have to pay out, we make $2.44 in being paid. If you look on the back of a lottery ticket, it literally says that ratio. There is a ratio of your odds for winning. It literally says there it'll be 2.44 or 3.75 the next time you buy a lottery ticket, the next time you're in a convenience store. Spend a hundred, spend a dollar on a scratch off and look at the back of it. It says the ratio right there. That is what you were doing in technical analysis. The people that are very inclined to play the lottery are the same people that are very inclined to bet the farm when Solana moonshots. Guess what? Neither one of those parties, generally speaking, get very wealthy. And if they do, because they manage to get it right, they almost always lose that money because they didn't know how to manage it in the first place. Mm -hmm. That is not a knock against anyone. This is a basic human tendency to hope and pray that something could moonshot. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm in no way attacking anyone here. I don't want my the inflection in my voice to convey that message. It's passion. Because it hurts me when I see people do this. It hurts me yes. when I see somebody. I was in a convenience store one time, and this lady who... I don't want to profile or anything, but it didn't look like she had a lot to her name. Spent a hundred bucks on lottery tickets. That broke my heart because, yeah, she could win a million bucks and change her life. She's probably not going to. A lot of people do that every single day in cryptocurrency, and they lose a lot of money. I've watched it happen over and over and over again. And the reason I'm talking about this one question for this long is because it matters to me. It matters to me that you guys are successful. It matters to me that you guys are able to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and use cryptocurrency to make a difference in your lives, in your community's lives, in your family's lives, because that's what I did. Mm-hmm. It matters to me because I've been in that position. I don't want you to go through the all the massive distractions that I had to deal with to get to where I am now. I finally realized, have a strategy, stick to it, look at that ratio, and play the side of the people that are running the lottery, not the side of the people that are getting scammed by it. It's a tax is what it is. That's what Stymie Snurdly just said, lottery is a tax on the poor. It is. It really is. Yeah. And it's it's sad. Yes, it is. Yeah. It, I mean, we we get emails. We get, I wouldn't say letters. We've probably gotten a letter before from fans, but like. We have, actually. Emails. We've gotten we emails have. from people pretty much just laying out their life story and, and what they. A lot of them, yeah. What they've lost. And, and some of them is literally like. It, it when you read it, it's literally like your stomach fell out. And by the way, as you read it. And by the way, you know, yeah, we get, you remember Tim? We were driving yeah, to uh, that, or you remember exactly we were the story you were thinking about the one where yeah, Tim Gosh. and I were driving to Tampa to go and uh, we were going snowboarding. And we got an email and it was it was rough. It and was that, yeah, it was heartbreaking, guys. That <laughs> when we come in front of you and we say we stand for integrity and humility and we stand for the little guy with nothing to his name, it's not a marketing ploy. Yeah. That that that's not us trying to, you know, be popular. That's our heart. And if I don't tell you what our heart is, then someone else is going to tell you what our heart is. That's no one's job but mine and Tim and Smay's to tell you what we stand for. We stand for the little guy with nothing to his name because we all were the little guy with nothing to his name. And I know a lot of you guys are watching this video and you have nothing to your name. Give us a one in chat if you are here in crypto because you need to make a change because something is wrong in your life and you have a hope. Well, guess what? The lottery is an entrepreneur or actually in a lot of cases a government preying on people. Because remember I said there is an exchange? There's an exchange Mm -hmm. between the government or whoever is running the lottery and the people. The people are getting something or else they wouldn't be going into that transaction. Remember that? What are they getting? They're getting hope. Yeah. The problem is hope can be true or it can be false. It's false hope. I want to give you real hope. The way you get real hope is by investing in yourself. And, and just so you guys know, we're not always perfect. As some people have pointed out, we, there are times where we think the market's going to do one thing and it does completely different. But here's the thing. I'm, I'm not going to make a call on what other YouTubers do, but all I can do is speak for us. Any information advice we present on this channel 
is what we are doing. Yeah. So if we predict something wrong and that prediction makes you lose money, <laughs> we lost money too. Yep. If we do something and it made you gain a lot of money, we gained a lot of money too. We're not out here just shooting the breeze, taking stabs, and then doing something completely different behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is why we care so much about you. Like it's like we 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 had discussion about that a little bit ago. Like, man, we have got to make sure no matter what, as this company outlasts even us, because this is a company, not just a YouTube channel, that we make sure whoever runs this company in the future the first thing they have to have is integrity and humility to do exactly what they say they're doing. Yep. And again, don't want to talk about any company, any YouTube channel. I don't know because I'm not there. What I do know is that that type of evil exists out there and we're mm-hmm. never going to allow it to come on this stream in this company. Amen to that, guys. With that, that's all the content we have for today. Before we wrap it out, if there's any super chats, let's read those. And if there's any good questions, let's read those. I don't know if you oh, saw, yeah. Tim, because you were talking. Yeah. The number of ones that we just saw in chat was phenomenal. There was like five, six hundred ones in chat. Wow. That I, I know. And the, mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise me because I've been in crypto for four years and I know the kind of people that are in crypto. You either got rich, cocky millionaires that are trying to flex with you, flex on you or you got people that are hungry. The middle class is in crypto also, but the main people that I'm worried about are the people that are trying to survive. I'm not talking hungry as in driven. There's a lot of people that are hungry as in driven. I'm talking hungry as in need to figure out a way to put food on the table hungry. There's a lot of people in crypto that are in that situation. And the reason I love crypto is because it gives us the ability to help those people. It gives us the ability to help those needs. And it's why I'm so passionate about our mission and our vision and our core values and what we stand for here. With that said, any final questions? Let's go ahead and read them. Yes, we got one from Cost 79 saying, you guys know where people can buy BSV here in the U.S.? Seems to be be delisted everywhere. Uh, It's (laughs) delisted. Probably going to get a little bit of flack for this one. BSV is is hard to find because BSV is a joke. Let me look at it over here on um, CoinMarketCap. I can try and find you an exchange. If you want my opinion, you might not, but uh, I'm going to tell you it to you anyway. I think it's a very bad thing to buy. But if you want to, over here on CoinMarketCap, every cryptocurrency has a little tab right here that says markets. Looks like Huobi has it. BitThumb, KuCoin has it, Bitfinex. Uh, looks like they have it. So if you do want to buy Bitcoin SV for some reason, make sure you do your inve- make sure you do uh, your investigation first. Then you can find it on one of those platforms, I believe. All right, last super chat that I see from Crypto Giorgio. Uh, he said, "Thank you for your consistent, constantly good analysis. Keep up the good work. Greetings from Luxembourg." Greetings from Luxembourg, my friend. Heck yeah. Good deal, guys. You see any other questions in chat? They might That's not be super chat. I'm, just anything I'm good? looking to make sure. Somebody asked, uh, going to Tampa to snowboard. We were going to Tampa yeah. to get on the plane. <laughs> the, we were flying out of Tampa to go to, Char- to go to. that was an ordeal. That was a 24-hour 20 oh, fu- trip. That, that was, was ridiculous. awful. That was so bad. That was the worst trip I've been on. The one day I did get to snowboard was really fun, though. Yeah. Anyway, we're flying to Colorado is where we were going. We weren't snowboarding in Tampa. Um, I cannot wait to go snowboarding. Drop a seven in chat if you'd like to see some snowboarding content on our social media come this winter, because I'm going to be spending some time out west snowboarding. (laughs) Cost 79 just said, thank you. Thanks, Jed. Thanks, Jed. You're welcome, Da. (laughs) Yeah. Man, I think I think that is it. I for think that's today. it. Yeah. Guys, if you enjoyed today's stream, make sure to follow us on our social medias. We also are active on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Reddit. 
I'm probably missing one, but those are the five big ones. If you want to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, it's at CryptoJeb. It's at CryptoJeb Official on TikTok. You can find us on Facebook. I think the link's in the description box down below for that. Reddit is r slash Jebinites. That's J-E-B-B-I-K-N-I-G-H-T-S. Make sure to follow us on those platforms. I will be on Around the Blockchain tonight. And also, if you haven't already, make sure to sign up for the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy. The best investment you will ever make is an investment in yourself. And you can see how passionate I am about that one fact. That's why we exist, is to help you so if that's something you're interested in, that resource is down below. Anyway, guys, unless there's anything else, that is going to do it for today's video. Before I go, though, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace.